0: we are back welcome to the tfw podcast that's freaking wrestling as always i am your host matt joining me i do have two of my co-host, lovely co-host. Rhodesia, how are you doing on this fine day? Wonderful. Ishan, also riding shotgun. What is going on, sir?
1: What's going on, family? I am ready to have an awesome and phenomenal, right? That's my I heard it's my word, right? A phenomenal
0: show today. Let's get hey, let's get right into it then. Uh let's have some fun and talk some freaking wrestling. So today's topics, we got two today that we're going to go through. It is almost uh, three months to the day of Triple H taking over creative for WWE. Triple H is WWE, as I like to call it. So July 25th was the day that he was put as head of creative. So we're going to just kind of talk about, uh, hey, what have we seen over the last three months? Everybody knows the product has gotten better. We'll kind of deep dive that a little bit. And then we'll also talk about AEW. They just crossed their three-year anniversary. We'll talk a little bit about them as well. Hey, where are they at in trajectory of what maybe we thought they would be at and things of that nature. So, as always, should be a fantastic show. Let's get right into it, guys. So, as I said, July 25th was the uh, incredible bombshell. Note that came out saying that Triple H is now head of Creative I can tell you I felt like a kid in a candy store. I felt like a kid on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. When that happened, I was a massive fan of NXT black and gold. And I always said to myself, man, if Triple H ever had the resources that Vince and WWE proper had, holy hell, watch what happens. And dare I say, I think we are starting to get a glimpse of that just less than 90 days in. Like I said, he's right about the 90 day mark uh, as we record this. But uh, for you guys, let's kind of just talk about it. You know, when you, when you look at in totality, last three months, he took over right before SummerSlam. So SummerSlam was not his pay-per-view. He definitely had an influence. I mean, first match, we get Dakota Sky. We get Io. Uh, it, it was really, 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 really good to see them. But uh, overall, first 90 days, if you had to give, it, give it a grade, right, A through F, what grade would you give that? Rhodesia, let me let me ask you that. Uh, I would go with an A-plus, to be completely honest with you. Um, But, which are great?
2: All right, so I'm going to absolutely give Triple H the gold star A. He is actually, you know, 4.0 as a GPA. Damn it, I'm giving him a 4.5 as his GPA. For purely, purely selfish reasons, you know, NXT black and gold, That was my show, you know, when we, when that first came out and had a TV deal, all I kept saying as a wrestling fan was like, this is what I want in wrestling. This is what I want in wrestling, you know, without NXT, and we'll talk about it when we get to AW, AW, I don't think would have been born. Um, I believe that maybe Tony or Tony Khan would have figured something out then or later, but I still think that NXT was the one that actually kind of gave breath or, um, birth a W, but for right now, first ninety days, A plus, Gold Star, Triple H, again for purely selfish reason, because I absolutely love the black and gold NXT, and I'm seeing all of that now with the resources um, on my big screen on Mondays and Friday nights.
0: Okay, so we got two A's, uh, Ishan. A-plus. I know A-plus. you are A plus. Excuse A-plus. me. A plus. Yeah. Um, Ishan has been somebody. He was. Hey, I mean, he can tell you he can tell a story better than I can. He was super down on. WWE TV Um, and Triple H took over and he's like, Hey, let's kind of wait and see what we get. I I would, I would think you are very happy just from the conversations we've had, but which are great. A to F. What are you giving Triple H's first 90 days? A plus, plus,
1: plus, plus, plus y'all. I love it. Let me tell you guys something right now. Your big brother. Isha is a happy man right now. Y'all. I am a happy. I'm a kid in the candy store. I'm skipping every day to work. I'm shuffling through the house, man. I love having WWE back in my life, man, because I feel like all fans started out as a fan with, um, uh, like a love of WWE, WWF at the time. I feel like we all started there, right? And the past couple years for me have been very, very rough. And you know, (laughs) Matt and I, we we have these conversations off the cuff, and he would say that, "Hey, E, you becoming a cynical fan?" I'm like, "No, I'm not a cynical fan." WWE is just not for me, right? Like Vince McMahon's vision of of wrestling just wasn't entertaining to me, right? And I'm like, I'm not going to give five hours of my week in life into watching a show that's not for me. Um, I started investing more of my time in AEW other forms of wrestling because I I do love wrestling. So now the Triple H is back at the helm. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I love it. I think it's a great show. Um, And you know, we, and, and Matt, you know what I'm talking about as a gamer. Like, some, like Dave Meltzer and some of these other guys would say that, hey, like Raw, for instance, is kind of the, uh, the same show. It hasn't been big changes. But to me, I feel like it's like in the video game when they make quality of life changes, right? It's just small changes that make the, the, the show flow better that makes it more entertaining, makes it more relaxed. It's just a better overall show. Like To me, like, I don't know if I would say Raw is a vastly different show. In a lot of ways, in some ways it's not. But I've, overall, it's much more entertaining. Right, Matt?
0: I think so. Um, and I think it's not even close. You know, yeah, perfect world. We would say, man, you chopped that third hour off and we are cooking. We know that's not happening. It's never going to happen. Let's take that off the plate right now. But when you look at Raw, so let's take Raw. Cause SmackDown has been great, in my opinion. Raw has been really good also. It's just, I mean, there's a lot of wrestling on Raw. Uh, so, you know, I think they're going to have to kind of figure out what that looks like. Those long matches in that third hour drags the show. And their matches are typically off the chain. They're incredible matches. But third hour, you kind of don't want to see a 15, 20-minute match if it's not the main event. Uh, But when you talk about the things that I think they have absolutely done better at than when Vince was at the helm, number one, and I think everybody would agree on this, is they have not, insulted our intelligence in 90 plus days bingo there is so so many times on raw and smackdown where you sit there and you out loud groan and you may say man why am i watching this or damn it is like embarrassing if somebody was watching this with me to try to vouch for what we're seeing on tv that's been completely cut out completely cut out so for me that would be where i you talk about the quality of life pieces there you go that's number one number two Uh, Everything makes sense. Now, granted, you know, as we did with AEW, where we gave them a long leash, you know, they had their honeymoon time. Triple H is also going to get his honeymoon time. But I have all faith that if I see something on TV, it's going to pay out properly. Now, maybe we will have discourse on, oh, man, this person should have won this match or this person should have lost. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you start a storyline and you finish it. I'm talking about... When someone debuts, they're not losing their first match with a horrible gimmick, and then they're moved to main event, which we don't even get main event, I think, in the USA. I think it's only on the WWE Network uh, yeah. two weeks later, and they're not heard from again except for working live events. I think those things are, are kind of done. So, you know, those were two of my biggest things so far. I'll throw it back to you guys. What have you guys seen that you say, you know what, I know for a fact in my heart these things have changed over the last 90 days?
2: Well, for starters if you look at just like when with ricochet we we'll just use ricochet um when h first got into the coo position um he made ricochet change his music up a little bit made me like fall back in love with him as a wrestling fan you know so just from that making these people believable again the little um video packages they had with the intercontinental belt like that's amazing you know that kind of stuff there we didn't quite get that with vince now again i'm not a booker I can't tell you, I don't, you know, I don't have a wrestling company or anything like that. But again, when we talk about AEW and why we like AEW in the times that we do is because it was engaging. They brought me in. I'm a fan and it, it made me feel like I, I know this story. And so again, the belt, it's, or the, the title itself. I'm like, I'm so excited about and things like people like your ricochet, um, people like LA Knight, who got his name back again, it only made sense. I love that. <laughs> so. For me, just again, making it believable, making it feel like I'm not like am I double like double thinking myself here, like making me feel like I'm stupid because what I'm seeing here on his television screen. No, it makes sense. And like you said, we're giving him this leash and it's going to be long just because he hasn't really done me wrong. I'm going to give him that luxury of time. So, hey, I maybe don't understand right now what's happening with Dexter Loomis and Miz, but I'm going to wait to see what happens. What you think, Annie? Let me
1: tell you guys something right now, Rhodesia. Matt, he off the chain. Ain't no leash over here. Ain't no leash. He is running wild in the yonder. That's what you say down here in the in the south, man. It's the yonder. <laughs> I don't know where that is, but that's where he at. He he over yonder. Free, man. He out here doing his thing. Look, he got the 24-7 belt off my TV. Thank you. I don't want to see that. And you hit it the nail on the head. Both of you guys did um number one, um Radice, I love what you said about the championships being important again, right? Like that US title, the IC titles, those championships, even the tag team championship, it means so much more right now. Like the videos that they're doing about the history of those titles, it's phenomenal. It's great to see. Um again, like when you watch the show, it does not uh, insults you. And the the thing about Ricochet, for instance, like, you know, I feel like I need to see something different from him on that main roster. And maybe it wasn't necessarily him. Maybe it was just the way he was presenting. And Triple H gets it with a lot of these smaller, newer guys. And that's the one thing about entertainment, right? And even creativity, man. That dude was like eighty years old, man. Does, can he? Does he? Did he really have his post on what these young, the younger audience, you know, believes and wants? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't think so. I think Triple H has a, a little bit more of an open mind to look. All right, Ricochet is like, what, five nine, five ten, or wherever he is. He's maybe not the greatest talker, but man, he looks great. He's great in the ring. He's exciting. Let me feature his strengths, right? And so exactly. you're starting to see a lot of these guys with their strengths and, and, and uh, you know, really put out there and their weakness minimized. So I love, like, the little change. I love
0: that we're seeing Ali um, back on the show. And shout yeah. out to him. He got the. Boy, got the shout out. Shout out. Ali, I am hoping we get a fantastic feud. I don't want just a one match on with him and Seth. I think they can do some fantastic business leading up to Royal Rumble. Uh, He's finally getting a shot, so I am super happy to see him in the light that he should have been years ago, Mm -hmm. for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, now we're going to see, like, a guy like Theory. Now, you see, like, the, the page kind of turning on him, but I think he's kind of he's kind of where he needs to be and one thing i liked i loved about a um not aw excuse me. i do love aw but nxt is that the one thing i'll say about like for me nxt was like the perfect show i, I love the show i would just say if I, if I wanted a little bit more from nxt i want them to kind of push the envelope a little bit just a little bit right because sometimes like what like with what Ah, uh, well, like some of the storytelling, you know, like it, it was, it, they they told very simplistic, and easy to understand storylines, right? But I never really felt like, it, you know, I, I feel like they maybe it'll get a little more, maybe a little more violent, maybe a little more. It, it's it's difficult to explain, and not the attitude era by any means, but just a little bit, you know. Uh, it's a little bit more umph as far as maybe the violence or maybe some maybe more the adult content in the storylines. But right, overall, right. I, I think it was phenomenal because like everything makes sense to a point. Now we can argue around if Roman Reigns uh, should have won against Drew, but you know there's an overall story that's being told that needs to be told, and you know maybe that wasn't the moment. So for me,
0: it's not a lot of changes. I love what's happened. I can't really think of anything I would change. I think um, the other thing you guys were talking, you guys brought up some really good points. Another thing that I thought about, because you guys, somebody you guys hit on it, you know, talking about the, giving the lineage back to the U S belt, the intercontinental belt. They're talking about history yep. in wrestling. Now, like, are you kidding me? Like we have not had a WWE time that I can remember where they acknowledge things that happens outside of the WWE bubble. And we're getting words like independence. Yep. Bailey said that Monday. They talked about Candice's 10 years outside of WWE. We've heard them mention MJPW. We've heard them mention uh, – who else did they mention? They mentioned uh, uh, one of the independents a couple weeks ago. Uh, it wasn't GCW, but it was it was one of – oh, uh, PWG, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. I would have never thought I would have heard that on WWE TV. Um, so
1: hey, I love to hear that. They acknowledge that Carl Anderson is still a champion in Japan. They acknowledged that the other day. That's huge. Yeah. But see, that goes
2: back to that goes back to making sure that we are engaged with, with what we see in our wrestlers on the screen. It's giving them stories so that now we can get behind. You know, before you have your top two, three, four, five guys and girls and that's it. Everybody else just kind of fall at the wayside. But now you're actually giving people their own lane to excel in. Again, everybody's not trying to be Roman Reigns, but Triple H is showing that you can be different people and excel at that, and and actually like get a following behind that.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And um, the commentary, I feel like it's been really, really good. You know, Rhodesia, you talked about there like giving people their own lane. Look at Michael Cole. We shit on Michael for Cole for so long, for so many years. Man, he's got to go. He's horrible. He's ridiculous. Michael Cole. You know, him and Pat were having a fantastic run. Of course, Pat is now doing the college football, so he's gone, but hopefully he should be back by January. But the run that Cole has been on, once again, particularly in the last few months where evidently there's nobody in his ear, or if it is, they're not doing what say. they were doing before, he is having such a good time. And in, in turn, when we hear that, we have a good time. He was, he was on 10 on the last pay-per-view. Uh, at WrestleMania, of course, Vince was still there, too. He had an incredible time there. And you know, he talked a lot about that. You know, Pat kind of gave him that love back for WWE. Uh, whatever's happening right now, I am super happy for him and really for all of the commentators. Uh, once again, you know, they're, they're able to say fans. Everything does not have to be WWE Universe. So a lot of the things that we just grew tired of as hardcore, passionate wrestling fans. Triple H has kind of peeled off that Band-Aid and said, hey, look. This is what we're going to do. So I love, love that. Last thing, and I'll throw it back to you guys, um, the Easter eggs on camera. Wrestling fans, comic book fans, we love where we have to pay attention to everything. We love Mm -hmm. where we can go back and say, oh, man, you remember five months ago when X happened? Oh, they're paying it off right now. We used to always make a joke when Vince was head of creative that, hey, just, just keep watching. Wait and see. Hey, let's take the wait and see approach. It'll pay off. A lot of times it never paid off. You know, the, maybe the main event storyline paid off, but that was kind of about it. There's everything that they've done in the last 90 days. And even the Dexter Loomis stuff. So on Twitter, you know, I, I kind of made fun of it a couple weeks ago. Like, hey, do we even know why the Miz is, you know, being stalked by Dexter Loomis? They never told that story. Okay, well, hey, play the – now we can do it. The Let's wait and see because there's no way in the world nobody has brought up that they haven't said on TV why this is happening. What happened Monday? Johnny Gargano comes out and says, yeah, hey, you better come clean or it's about to hit the fan. You know what happened. Perfect. Now I'm even more engaged in that storyline than I was, you know, weeks ago. So, like I said, overall, you know, I kind of said already A-plus for me. Uh, Ishan, you kind of said it, man. Like, I don't know realistically what more I want from WWE right now. Uh, Like I said, kind of maybe – tweet raw somehow some way you know i don't know if that's um i hate to say more promos but i don't know if that's more promos i don't know if that's more video packages but just something where we're getting a lot of long matches and like I say come hour three that can be a little bit of a drag but Rodriguez, is there anything that you can think of that you're still missing from wwe that, that you want to see
2: Oh, no, I'm definitely have the wool over my eyes right now. So I'm completely in love with Triple H and what he's done. Um, but I do have a question for you, uh, for both of you. With like this week that we and in now, a lot of the um, superstars, right, the wrestlers, went over to NXT. Do you think that was purely to go against AEW being on t- that Tuesday night? Or do you think that we're going to see kind of more of that to build NXT up? Kind of what's your thoughts around that?
1: You know what? Like, I know there's a lot of scuttlebutt online about that. And, you know, they felt like, what was it, uh, that they, it would have been unacceptable if they lost. Like I just don't logical thinking doesn't make me think that that's true. Right. Cause I feel like people, maybe somebody said that from the organization, maybe somebody said that and meant it, but I don't know if that was the overall direction of, of that piece because Yes, they had, you know, Kevin Owens there, but I don't think he was even advertised. Um, yes, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura was there, but I don't think he was even advertised. Yeah, he wasn't. Uh, I think the only people that was advertised was uh, was Judgment Day, right? And now Judgment Day, oh, we talk about Triple H and really rehabbing, like, creative. Man, he's made that faction mean something, man. I did not like Judgment Day at all. Um, now, when Edge was doing it, it was kind of cool. Um, but once he left and it was Finn. It just wasn't working, but I feel like Finn Balor right now. I think just you know, taking a side note, I feel like he's on the, one of the best runs from a, a character standpoint he, I've ever seen him in WWE. Um, but going back, your horns for
0: a Finn for sure.
1: Oh, Finn is is he's, he's phenomenal right now. Um, I think the whole group, but I don't know if the Judgment Day is enough to say, hey, you know, come watch NXT. Right, or maybe they were hoping that a good portion of the audience that doesn't watch NXT that watches SmackDown and Raw on a on a uh, consistent basis with, are now going to tune in on Tuesday. That had to be what they're hoping. Um, but I, I I just I don't have I have a hard time thinking
0: that that was the the motivation behind it. What do you think, Matt? I think that uh, which is a great question. I do think they are going to have much more integration between NXT and WWE proper. I do think that for sure, 100%. We're not going to get. Days of old where you fall in love with a character and NXT, everything is great, and then they get caught up and they're completely different. Those no, days are done. But to answer yep. your particular question, uh, yeah, there were rumors that, like the segment that we saw on Monday with uh, the OC, um, and who, 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 were, who were they with on Monday? Uh, Cameron Grimes. Oh, yeah, Cameron Grimes. To get uh, paid. we're, yeah, we're going <laughs> to see more of that. They said... Uh, going forward between NXT and WWE now the, the thing about hey, it's unacceptable if we lose I get their thought process on this is our night We've been on Tuesdays forever uh, Well, not forever, but they've been on Tuesdays for what over a year now um, NXT is starting to bubble. They're getting some of their higher ratings. They've gotten in the last 9 to 12 months and then you did have uh, the OC you did have Rhea you had uh, Raquel you had uh, Judgment Day, as you said. You know, KO was announced earlier that day on Twitter. Who knows how many people saw that? And then they had, Shinsuke, you know, Shinsuke pop up and, and surprise. I knew that wasn't enough. I, I was willing to bet any amount of money in the world that that wasn't going to happen. I even told Rhodesia, I said, AW's going to lose about 200,000 viewers from going from Wednesday to Tuesday, and that's still going to be enough to beat NXT. And it happened just like that. I think they did 783 or 763, and I think they beat NXT by 80,000 viewers. So, uh, but one thing I do respect for sure is they didn't blow up any storylines to get there, right? So they may have put it on paper and said, you know what? This is enough to beat AEW. But we didn't get a hot shot at Breaker versus, um, you know, whoever match that doesn't make right. sense. And what they're trying to say, we didn't get a a blow, a blow off of a few with them having Halloween Havoc, you know, coming up just you know the Saturday after that episode. Uh, so they kind of stuck to their guns. So I, I I respect the effort, but if they did think that was enough to beat AEW, uh, that would be really interesting. Like I said, I am excited to Ooh, hear no if way. that is true. What kind of their thoughts are now because that just wasn't enough. It wasn't. And in going NF- back
1: to NXT and. Uh- Sorry about that, RoDG. And going back to NXT and the, and the Raw and SmackDown collaborations, that's the great thing about having Triple H uh, at the helm, because as you said, Matt, that was huge, is that you, know, you would get these characters that come to Raw and SmackDown, okay, and now it's not Vince's vision, or they're creative, and these characters get changed, he doesn't understand or know these guys, so now they're not being used properly. And Now you're definitely not going to see that uh, and I think the the bleed through between the three different brands is going to be huge for that show I think you might see more crossover um, Shawn Michaels did an interview and saying that he doesn't think that NXT will go back hundred percent to how it was before Because they did at one point want to make that show more about developmental So I think you're always going to see that but I think you are going to see you know if there's talent out there that they want to grab They're going to grab those guys. And I think you'll you'll see more of like the Apollo Creed-type characters who maybe are working on a new character, maybe they're working on the gimmick change, et cetera, go down there, kind of work on it, and then come back to the main roster at another time. So I think it's awesome what they're doing right now.
2: And before we leave off of this, um, back to kind of what everything Triple H is doing right, you know, how you got this A-plus, my 4.5 GPA grade average. Not to insult my intelligence, like you said, Matt, he's keeping the integrity in those storylines. So even though you brought over, you know, WWE into NXT, it didn't blow up any storylines. And again, so for me, that's something that, again, is it easier booking to try to just like crown jewel, how they put these matches, these superstar matches together, or keep the integrity there. And that's something that is so important as a wrestling fan, especially if I am watching NXT and I do care about what I'm seeing there. You're not just bringing these people from WWE to blow up the whole, the whole show.
0: Absolutely. 100%. Uh, and then last thing is uh, we're allowed to say hospital and not medical facility. And I think <laughs> there's been like three car accidents in the last 90 days. And they actually said car accidents. So just Get some once medical again. medical out here. There Get you some go, It's It's uh, looking very up. Uh, hey, this is the first time that I can remember. And I, I don't want to have hyperbole. So I'm not going to say like, you know, ever or decades, but. Man, the momentum that WWE has right now is stronger than I can remember in a very, very long time. So Shotgun Blast for Triple H and his team, they are doing fantastic. And also just think, too, he's still putting his team together, right? Like, when we get into WrestleMania season, I think they're going to be clicking on all cylinders. And I will be ecstatic to see what they do with the Rumble and all the way through to WrestleMania. So, um what was our favorite promotion not too long ago? I'm still not saying it's not, but AEW. All three of us are massive AEW fans. They are now in year three. And I think we can all agree that they are by far farther along than any of us would have ever thought in year three. Some of the wrestlers that they've had, you know, gotten from WWE, I would have never thought would have been a thing when the you know Promotion just launched. If you look at that roster day one of AEW and you look at it now, it is a who's who all star roster compared to what it was, you know, just three early years ago. So let's kind of talk about AEW. Right now, year three, two thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down with the product you are getting weekly from AEW television. Rhodesia, what do you say?
2: I'm going to still go with the two thumbs up and I'm going to tell you why. And that's even considering kind of some of the booking and what's happening in the last several months, you know, just mainly between looking at when they first started in 2019, you know, when they first started in 2019, no one thought anything like the pandemic would happen. So I kind of also feel like they're a couple years behind just from that alone, because they went, you know, the dailies place put a whole year, year and a half, um, first no people and then into Daily's place with minimal people and when you think about the AEW, the the original the ogs the people who started in AEW, a lot of them weren't the big superstars that they are now and i got a list here that i want to go over in just a quick second um but to learn some of those things as like um as far as being in the ring and being a character that takes time to develop you know and they didn't have the fans in the crowd like you know before the pandemic so being in year three, and a year and a half of it being in the pandemic, and on the outside of this, we have superstars like Hangman, MJF, The Acclaim, Britt Baker, Jade, Darby allen Sammy Guevara, Ricky Starks, Orange Cassidy, Nyla Rose, and Wardlow. Come on! That's 11 people in three years that are what I call is a superstar that they made or should home-grown be talent or should or be, should be from, home, from homegrown talent. Again, I didn't mention one person that came over from from WWE. Those are people that was there from I'm going to say from day one. I, I don't know exactly if it was day one, but that was AEW. So, again, three years later to know that you have 11 top superstars that you can have. Man, bravo. So that's why I am going to give them a little bit of that leash over the last few months. But again, we're hype about NXT. So naturally, we're going to kind of gravitate to what's new because we're in that honeymoon stage with Triple H. But for me, two thumbs up. And purely because we have 11 people, and that's just the ones I can think of, that is going to be superstars. That's either today or next year that you can build your company off of that was homegrown from AEW. Now, get off my tangent.
0: No, and that's good stuff. You didn't even mention uh, Jungle Boy, I don't think. I did not. And he's there, right? Like, yeah, for sure. Ishan, what say you? Man, that was a good
1: uh little little rant, Rodi. I mean, Rodisha, you you nailed it, man. Look, I totally <laughs> agree with uh everything that you said. I'm gonna give them two thumbs up. I'm gonna give them two thumbs up. Um I was in the honeymoon period with AEW. That I'm not, I don't think I'm in with WWE, for instance. I, I don't honestly think that, uh, with WE, for instance, with, with Triple H right now, I think what I'm getting right now, I'm going to get more of in the future. Uh, I think he, like I said, he doesn't have his people in place. With AEW, it was a brand new company. Tony Khan was running the show, he's never ran a wrestling promotion before, he's never been creative, you know. Um, you know, he had his imagination, which is phenomenal, he was a huge fan. Um, he still was assembling his team. So mm-hmm. you had to kind of give him a little bit of a leash to say, hey, okay, he, they're figuring it out. And I think they figured it out in a huge way. Now, is the show perfect? No. Um, are, are there things that about the show in year three that I feel like are big problems? Absolutely. But like with anything, any situation, any relationship, I feel like the overall positive outweigh any of the negatives. Uh, I think overall, I think it's, uh, it's a very entertaining show. Uh, I think he, they've done a great job of, um, developing a lot of the talent. Um, now it has some fallen to the side, but I, I would say maybe anybody in those positions have maybe disservice some people, right. But I think overall they've didn't, they've done a great job. You look at the people they have on the roster right now, as opposed to, Hey, I don't want to put anybody out there, but they had like a couple guys like Marco stunt, you know, no, Hey, no, no, no disrespect to that man. Um, I feel like I did like him in Jurassic Park over time. I felt like he was a kind of a great mascot-type character. Um, but they had a lot of guys on that show to where I'm like, ah, these guys shouldn't necessarily be on my TV. Um, but now they have a, a a good hodgepodge of the who's who of wrestling right now. Um, so I would say absolutely right now two thumbs up. And I think uh, this I don't want to say sky's limit. I feel like they are in a, in a pattern right now to where those things I don't like about the show – they need to fix now um or they're gonna start because I'm, I'm gonna throw it back to you matt and I, I i'm interested to see what you want to say because i th- i feel like overall um a lot of the simmer has come off of aw i feel like yep. if you look at online and online was always like their biggest advocate right a lot of that hardcore wrestling base was their biggest advocate i feel like you are starting to see a little bit of discord with that community with some of the things that are happening on that show, behind the stage, on screen. Uh, So I feel like this is the time they need to make not necessarily significant changes to the show, but as I spoke to on um, Raw and SmackDown, just quality of life
0: changes on that show. So, thumbs up for sure, right? There's no way in the world we can't give them thumbs up. Three years in, once again, they're doing huge pay-per-view buys. You know, they've been averaging, you know, right around a million viewers a week for Dynamite. We know the positives that they're they're doing. I am not a fan of Ring of Honor on AEW television at all. I think it has completely watered down Dynamite and Rampage. And I am counting down the days until he announces, hopefully in December, when they have their next pay per view, that hey, we have weekly television for Ring of Honor, and we never see Ring of Honor people on AEW television
2: again.
1: Damn.
0: If you look at no, if you look at every opportunity, in my opinion, with AEW right now, besides these start and stop pushes. You know, Rhodesia went on and named 11 people, which are legit stars for AEW. Warlow should be the biggest person outside of MJF and FTR right now in that promotion. If you look at how hot, and FTR is still hot, which is a testament to them. They've wrestled, like, I think four matches in the last, like, five months as a tag team together on TV. And they're still getting the, you know, pops that they're getting. And the fans are still invested in them, so kudos to them. But I keep going I didn't back to, to that. Yeah, I, I I go back to uh Warlord because I feel like that in a bubble is the biggest issue with AEW. You had an incredible story with him and MJF. MJF puts him over. He should have had the rocket on him. And I'm not saying give him the main title and have him squash everybody on TV, but he should have been, he's a made guy at that point. You give him the TNT belt, and then it just stops. And to me, he's just another guy right now. On oh, and I love Warlow because he has the size, he has the look, and that's something that's not really there in AEW. So when you get the size, you gotta you gotta really lean into it. Uh, that's a miss. Um MJF, of course, showed that whatever he is getting paid, he's worth it, probably times two. Uh there was some you know, episodes of dynamite that were not the best over the summertime. He's comes back and he's probably had the best segment of every show he's been on since he's been back. I think that's a testament to him, him and Regal. My goodness gracious. Yeah, if you guys have not seen that segment in totality, it is on YouTube. You got to watch that. It's, it seems like every month we're talking about, Oh man, MJF just cut his best promo. Oh man. MJF just cut his best promo from a story perspective from a makes you feel something perspective that whole thing could have been made up that thing could have been a lie that never happened there was no emails but it didn't matter because the story made sense it made you feel and how great was regal in that for regal to be able to turn that crowd back against mjf after that promo masterful work but we need more of that you know we need more of what jericho brings a lot of times you know his stories are kind of really – you get to, a chance to, to sink your teeth into them. There's not a lot of that right now in AEW. The matches are great. We know we're going to get fantastic matches and promos every week. Fantastic. But the stories, you can only have so many wrestling matches a week before you forget them. I'm, I'm a big proponent of moments. I always talk about moments. We had an incredible moment with Bray coming back at Extreme Rules. Another incredible moment with Bray's promo. MJF came back in the pay-per-view. Incredible moment with him and Regal. Uh, in their promos, we need more moments in AEW. Everything just cannot be wrestling matches. And that's where I think they have their biggest opportunity right now to kind of succeed. Is one, get ROH off of AEW TV so we can see AEW proper talent on television much more often that we are all fans of. And then give us stories, give us more than just one or two stories at a time where we really, really can get into and get invested into the people. That is what makes wrestling so fantastic. So my apologies for going off on a tangent, as I just did, but I've been holding this ROH taken for weeks and weeks and weeks. I finally had a chance to get get it off, and now I feel much, much better. So um, there you go. Thoughts?
2: <laughs> well, I, so to the point that what you just said about like you know week to week and all these great matches, I don't think anybody who have an inkling of a wrestling mind would say that we're not getting good wrestling. That is not a thing there in AEW. I was going to say something, but I'm going to keep that to myself. Anyways, but I, this is- Hey, no, you can't hold it. Uh -uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh, bring it back. Bring it back. You can't hold it. (laughs) So kind of like the insider between us is that, you know, how I feel about Jade, but we're not going to go there right now because again, Jade is going to be a superstar. She is now. But anyways, there was this article that Tony Khan did just recently on this, the three year with Variety. And this is the quote. It says, I think we've developed a lot of new stars in the last three years to where we can put on more consistent, great cards week to week. So I think it's his mindset of right now, just producing great shows week to week and kind of for us where we're that wrestling fan, like, Hey, you got us, you got me bought in. Now let's tell him some, tell me some stories. He might still be conflicted in, in catering to just getting people to watch the show. And at some point that's going to have to change because again, I shouldn't be seeing these type of moves that they're doing all the time. That's kind of that I call it dangerous. Man, um, you and I've had a few conversations about some things I've seen in AEW where I'm like, that's just a little bit too much for me. Um, but I think Tony is looking at, let me put on the best product week to week at some point, he's going to have to change that and say, now let's put on great storylines. Let's go on this campaign of, Hey, this is what we're going to tell. And it may take some time to tell the story a little bit of what I think Cody was trying to do when he was there in AEW, um, which I didn't really give him credit. Um, until now, kind of seeing it, you know, without him being there. But I think that's his mindset, to put on consistent shows week to week. And that means of, of great matches. matches. Right, great exactly.
0: Matches. We're, we're like, the matches is what he feels like are great shows. And they are. Once again, we're, you know, we're having this conversation because we have an embarrassment of riches right now. Impact, right. which we haven't even talked about, is a thing. You know, uh, there's just so much wrestling for us to get to. And we're sitting here talking about, man, we got too much wrestling on, on shows. <laughs> we want stories. But that's just where we are right now. You know, for them to grow their audience, it has to be somebody's got to get hot. That person is MJF. Keep saying it. Turn MJF face. Don't have him switch his character, but put the promotion on his back. He can take. I have friends and family that would watch wrestling again to get invested in characters. They don't care about matches. You know, I can say, hey, watch this match. They'll watch it at that time, and then that's it. Ishan, you uh you I think you had somebody last time they were in Georgia. I think you and one of your family members went to the show, and I asked you at the time, I said, hey, was that show enough to get them to watch weekly? And you said, hey, he had a great time, he enjoyed it, but he probably won't watch again. That, that's the fan that I'm talking about right now. We got to get characters that are hot and storylines that are hot to get people who aren't watching now invested to start watching weekly. Yeah, so
1: um, Rhodesia made a great point. Um, you're saying that you know the storyline needs to change over time. No, that shit needs to start right now. That's the biggest problem I have with the show, is that you know with these storylines. So, for instance, uh, Matt brought up the the warlord thing. You know how that warlord thing happened because like we there was an idea to how to get there, but it was never any story about what happens afterwards, and that's a problem, right? Because there's that, that wasn't the end of the story. No, the story needs to continue. There needs to be a chapter. What's next for Wardlow? What's his next big thing? The, 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 the idea of, oh, let's put him in a tag team with another champion, even somebody as credible as Samoa Joe, that was not a great idea. Um, what else have you done? For me, the biggest thing that Tony needs to, to do, is he needs help. He needs to realize that he can't do everything himself. Tony reminds me of uh, myself as a kid. I had all the toys. Every TV show that came out, every cartoon that came out, I had all the toys. So you came over (laughs) to my house. I can create great epic battles. I had Transformers versus the Gobots. I had G.I. Joe versus the Silverhawks. I can create any super huge fight that I wanted because I had all the toys, right? But what what will keep you coming back isn't just the fights. It's going to be the story surrounding those characters. And that's what we got to get to with that creation. So... What Tony needs to understand is that, yes, you're very creative. I'm not saying not be the head of creative, but get a creative team that can help you, you know, with the small picture things, right? Let him go ahead and be creative. Let him be great and handle the big picture type deals, right? But have some other people around you that can kind of help tidy some of the things up, kind of that quality of life changes that I was talking to you about. Um, Make sure that, no characters aren't being ignored. Um, But just because someone else debuted within the company, because time and time again, it looks like we get somebody new into the fold. And that's the focus for that time period. And the people that we're focused on weeks before that get kind of background. So now, sure, they were hot a month ago, but now since we've cooled them off, now they're not so hot. I think another thing that needs to change in that show is that they need to tell more classical types of stories. Um, my, one of my favorite wrestlers, Cody Rhodes, said in an interview when he was with AEW that the old trope of good guys versus bad guys is dead, um, that we should, we we're going to let the fans decide who's cheered and who's booed. That's not how a story is typically told. Like, if you think about the blockbuster movies that we watch, the greatest stories that we've ever seen or read, it's always been a protagonist and an antagonist. A good, somebody you can root for, somebody you can root against. You think about basketball games, football games, everyone has a team they root for and a team they root, they root against, and that creates an investment in those characters and that potential storyline, right? Now, when you have all these characters that we all like, then who are you rooting for at the end of the day? Right? So now if I see orange Cassidy versus Darby Allen, I like both of them. Who do I want to win? Exactly. Maybe, maybe I don't care who wins, right? Maybe I just want to see a great match, but now you're indifferent to near falls. You're indifferent to like big moments in the match and it creates an indifference throughout the entire roster. Let's say you got a guy like a, a, a Brian Danielson, who was a heel one month, the next month he's a, he's a, he's a face again. Right now here's the thing about people. People are emotional creatures and they hold on to emotions for a long time. We know people in our life that are just petty, right? They're they're hanging on to an argument they had six months ago or a year ago, right? People hang on to emotions. So if I didn't like Brian a month ago, now I'm supposed to cheer him. Now I still feel some type of a way right? If he did it correctly, I still feel some type of way. So now I can't get a hundred percent invested in him as a baby face, because I still have lingering feelings of him as a, as a heel just some time ago. And so it creates a lot of indifference on that roster and that's something they have to continue to change. So for me, this, this, the, the story has to start with let's let's tidy up that create that creative booking
0: and let's get Tony some help. What about you, Matt? You know, I mean, you, you kind of nailed it. So, Real quick, you made the comment about, hey, we need investment in matches. And I know it sounds like we are crapping on AEW right now, because maybe we are a little bit. But the thing about it is because we know they can do better, right? When they hit on stories, it is fantastic television. I go back to, it was funny because Rhodesia said, man, like I don't understand why you're like so upset about this. Um, The week after Warlow won TNT Belt, Who is he wrestling on Dynamite? Orange Cassidy. And I thought it was the worst decision that could have been made for Warlow. You cannot have, and the match was great because AEW puts on great matches. This is not a thing about work rate or match quality. We're going to get that from them. When you have someone who is going to that outside Rocket on their back as a major uber baby face. You do not put that person against another said uber baby face because what happens to your point, Ishan, either there's indifference or what happened in that match is Warlow started getting booed. The hottest person in the company at the time getting booed because they're wrestling against Orange Cassidy. Now, can you go back and say, Hey, everything is good now, nobody remembers that? Maybe. But how many times can you make that mistake before it, it, it bites you in the butt? There still could right. be somebody right now who is not a big Warlow fan because they wrestled and beat their favorite wrestler at the time, Orange Cassidy. Those are things you got to just kind of think about when you're putting the shows together. And once again, when they do do stories, they are fantastic. I just want more of them. That, that's all. I want more of them, and I want a ending that makes sense to the future storyline. You know, one of the things I love in wrestling, and, of course, we can get off of it after this, is back in the day, the day after pay-per-view. Right now with Dynamite, it's the Wednesday after pay-per-view. I love those because with a company like AEW, they only have four pay-per-views a year. So it's literally like somebody's pressing the reset button. Typically, all the feuds are done, and now we're moving on to a clean slate. I love those shows because now it's like, okay, hey, perfect. We can reset everything we got going on, and let's see what they have but it seems like we lean on that reset maybe a little too much. It's like hey, let's get to the pay-per-view and we'll figure out what that it. looks like after. Right. And I'm sure that's not what it is. I am sure that's not what it is, but that's the way it comes across on television a lot of times. But so, I wonder what... I
2: wonder if he I wonder if that's the case there too because he's been burned by having the injury bug. I wonder if he feels like let me hurt and get to this point because I'm worried I'm this person's going to get injured and they're no longer in the storyline.
0: Well, no, I mean, hey, to your point, that that's a great point, because he made a comment all summer, like, man, we had, you know, a lot of injuries. And I still feel like we put on great TV with those injuries. And what I kept saying then, and I'll say it again, wrestling is a predetermined event. If somebody goes out, you plug somebody else in. I'm not saying go away from the storylines and the angles you were planning, but there should be no reason why, because we have injuries, you feel like... The shows are not as good as they could have been. No, just write better story. Anybody can get hot at any time. If you want to make the Trustbusters right now the hottest tag team no, in the no, world, no, 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 you somebody. No, else. I, yes, okay, <laughs> uh, but you guys, you guys know what I mean when I say that. If you want to heat them up for four weeks to where it makes sense now, they're fighting FTR for a number one contendership. You can do that, and it works. But you got to heat them up. You can't got say all of a sudden like. All right, man. We want the trustbusters to wrestle FTR on Dynamite. So then you run an angle on Rampage with the four-day build. That's not good enough. You, you we got to have more. We got to have more. So and they'll get there. They will absolutely get there. If you look at the, probably the misses and opportunities they had in year one on TV, I haven't gone back and looked. I'm going to assume they're not the same opportunities and misses that we get now. We're getting video packages now on AEW television, which I think Some is replays. fantastic. Yep, we're getting. They started something this past Wednesday where they're like 10-second video packages leading to the next match. I thought it was an in, I thought it was a genius production cool. uh, for somebody who who doesn't watch week in a week out or you're trying to catch up really really quick. They do enough now to where you can kind of catch up and know what's going on. So they'll they'll figure it out. Or more importantly, I think Tony will figure it out. I think Jericho signing to 2025 and now having a creative voice is going to help immensely with this kind of stuff that we're talking about. So, Ishan, you kind of said, hey, the sky's the limit. I do also, too, believe the sky's the limit for AEW because uh, we know when WWE's doing well, it rises everybody else, right? So I think as long as AEW can stay their course, continue to be an alternative. I don't want wwe light, right? So I enjoy the blood. I enjoy the curse words. I enjoy the more mature storylines we get from AEW. I'm just asking for, of course, better stories. So uh, anything you guys want to wrap on with AW before we get out of here?
1: Yeah, I do. I got something for you. Cause we haven't had to talk about it because I, I remember uh, Matt and I were talking about the whole MJF storyline, right? When he kind of went off TV. Um, so now we kind of see how it all, fo- do you think that it was a worker shoot? And I'm assuming for me personally, I think it, I think it was a work. Do you think it was worth it that he was off TV for that long to come back to doing what he's doing now?
2: I think it was a shoot turn work. That's what I think would happen. I think that he had some valid points about where his character was going and his future because he is so young and it turned into a work. And I think that's where Tony as that ultimate fan with money turned that into into a storyline. That's my thoughts.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I was a man, I think there was no way it started out as a work. I don't. I think it was an absolute shoot. I think he was pissed off about the money he was making compared to all the WWE people. Uh, And it is shown. He is a ratings mover. And I think he got fed up. Now, do I think he did it the right way? Absolutely not. I I don't think so. But then you say, hey, did he do it the right way? All he missed was a autograph signing. He showed up to the pay-per-view. He did business. So if you look at it just on television, you don't know any of the backstage things besides the promo that he cut after Double or Nothing. Uh, I think at that point, when he cut that promo, there is no way in the world that this was uh, still a shoot. You don't give somebody a live mic and they're shooting on the boss, right? I do think it was worth it because that was the same time as Christian took over those type of promos with Jungle Boy, told a fantastic story for those three months with them. It wouldn't have the same effect if MJF was still there. You look at the shape he came back in. He looks incredible now, you know, in terms of physically. And he is a bigger star than he was before he left. So it worked. You know, that was through the New Japan time. They did a big number, you know, of course, in the arena. We were there, which was a great show and on pay-per-view. It did a nice buy rate. So if you look at business, yeah, the ratings dropped a little bit. But I think if you kind of take everything in its totality and say, hey, we're going to pull this guy off TV for three months for whatever save injury, say storyline, whatever the case may be suspension. He's going to come back and be the biggest thing in our company for the remainder of the year. And TV is still pretty. Okay. I think anybody would, would take that. So I do think it was worth it. I don't think you think it's worth it though. I just think the
1: the, I think the execution of the story could have been better. Right. Cause I, cause like the ideal, the ideal is to keep this man healed. And this guy, this man, tried to be heel in his promo. That was his what his work shoot promo, and he was turning the fans against Tony Khan. You think about at that moment because we all cheered Tony Khan for years. Now sometimes he hops, he hops on the sh- on the show and he gets some booze, right? And he really made Tony and the company in some ways look bad during that promo. And you kind of went aside with MJF. On the whole, few you take him off during a time period where they had a lot of major uh, characters sidelined with injury. And now I will argue made him a bigger star, but I would say a bigger star to what audience? I felt like he was already a big star to that AEW hardcore audience. Like they already were kind of bleeding MJF. I felt like the next level of ascension for him would be just to go ahead and and, and turn babyface. And I think the idea when he brought him back was to continue him being the heel, right, and now it looks like they're trying to kind of reverse that because they know like hey, the money is turning this guy baby face, let him run with the company so I felt like look if whatever Things are going in the back, in the backstage that we don't know about because there's probably a lot of things we don't know because Tony is a secretive guy. He doesn't let people know what's going on. And I don't know if that's a bad thing, right? I don't know if everything, all the dirty laundry, especially when the, with that company, needs to be aired all the time. I think some things should stay in-house. So we don't know what the whole thing was. But I just felt like the storytelling um, should have been a little bit better um, leading into the, the, the promo and to him coming back. Okay, he he, he has this huge promo, his anti-company promo. Okay, what is he doing when he's coming back with it? Right, what was the, like, what are we doing with that energy that we created? And I when he came back, I didn't really see them doing anything with that verbiage and content in a way that made sense to the story, right? And now we're kind of getting out of that story. He has this firm that he has these minions. That he won't he won't let be minions, right? <laughs> like they come down and try to interfere. He's mad at them. Like what you what are you paying these dudes for if they can't be minions, right? Uh, I, I like I I don't. It's just it seems like right now I get it because now we're all right. He's making that adjustment we talked about, right? We said that hey, sometimes Tony doesn't make the uh, the proper adjustments to storyline when he needs to. Like case in point with the Julia Hart thing. Like that thing lasts. Way too long, right? Because he wanted to do it with Ray Phoenix to heck with that. It didn't matter if he did it with Blue Phoenix, like the end result would have been the end result. He should have let it happen when it happened, and probably would have meant more six months ago, or whenever he did it. Um, but now you you got to say, like, look, he's, he's trying to make adjustments, right? So, like, hey, MJF is getting these huge crowd pops of reactions, let's go ahead and make this guy the biggest thing in the company, right? So, kudos to him for doing that. The video packages, like you said, he started to do that. So, I think. He is making some positive change for the company, but I think in that regard to that specific storyline, I think like much like a lot of other stories,
0: I feel like it wasn't well thought out um, in the moment. I think I think the only way this story does not work out if he is legit not under contract past 2024 and he goes to WWE, and we're having a whole another conversation <laughs> uh, January 2024 when we find out what that looks like. I think that's the only way that. This uh, storyline does not work. Hey, going back to in twenty four, AEW or WWE? AEW. I think he's already under contract. Mm. How about you, Rodisha?
2: Yeah, I don't think that Tony will allow him to go out every week and speak from his heart or his mind or whatever if he wasn't under contract. Tony is a businessman. Let's start there first. He's a businessman. So, I do want to ask a couple questions, though, before we wrap. Yeah. And I'm going to sneak these in. So, I have two questions. The first one is going to be more towards you, Matt. And then the second question can be for either you, Ishan, or Matt. The first one is we talked about the Raw and, well, we were talking about WWE going to NXT. What's the difference there, Matt, versus ROH and AEW? Cause you have this really strong feeling on ROH, Mm -hmm. but what's the difference? I mean, we are still trying to um, promote this other brand and that's what AEW is doing. Hey, we have a little bit of leverage here again, him being a businessman. What's the, you know, the quickest way from point A to point B, let's put these AEW people, Jericho, you know, into ROH to make ROH pop. What's the difference between that and what we're seeing on TV versus, and again, this was just the one week, um, Mm -hmm. the WWE going down to NXT. That's a great
0: question. The the difference is it's flipped. It, It would be the same if NXT was coming up to Raw and SmackDown and taking half the TV time away from WWE wrestlers. It's the opposite. Got it. So if we had the ROH television, hey, we're trying to get ROH TV to pop, and we want to bring some AEW wrestlers on there, okay, that makes sense. This is the opposite. You are taken away from Miro. You are taken away from people like that that we don't see at all. On hey, TV, still work there. Ex- mm-hmm. He signed extension. Uh, You know what I mean. But that's the difference. You know, you're bringing in people who the your main bread and butter is AEW. I'm watching this show as a fan because I am an AEW fan. When you bring on Ring of Honor, which was never a main promotion on television in the, in the United States, they had TV, but it was syndication. So right, so they were never on a, a network. They were never on cable. So it was on segmentation Some in some spots. It was on at 1 a.m. Saturday night. Some spots it was on at noon. Saturday afternoon. So not many people know about it. I'm talking totality. Right? So I know somebody's gonna be like, hey, no, ROH has been around for so long. No, I'm talking totality when you look at the amount of audience members watching the show. It wasn't much. So now you're diluting your main show which is AEW, your main talent roster, to put Ring of Honor people on that some of the fan base has no idea who these people are. And the ratings show, there is no emotional investment to the majority of these Ring of Honor wrestlers. So that's the difference. It's, it's flipped. Like I said, so if NXT people were coming up to Raw and taking 30% of TV time every Monday, we'd be like, whoa, this is kind of backwards. And that's kind of what but I feel would about AEW. I we think have? so, yes. If you're not seeing AJ Styles, you're not seeing Judgment Day, you're not seeing Bobby Lashley, you're not seeing Seth Rollins, you're not seeing riddle because you're seeing you know uh whoever on Jay. NXT you know yeah yep okay. hey you know well, what you. listen
1: listen i'm sorry to cut you off Rhodesia, but god damn it man Matt should be a politician he can sit there <laughs> i tell
2: him this all the time I tell him all the time <laughs> hey stop to that move it, move it,
1: move it. you know what i talk about <laughs> hey can he really really answer your question very very well um i'm not as opposed to the roh thing as Matt is, to be honest with you, um, <laughs> I I, I if you think about you think about ROH, like you said, you are not getting time to AEW wrestlers. Who are the AEW? Who are the Who are the ROH champions? AEW goddamn wrestlers, Chris Jericho, Joe Taneo. Joe's under.
0: I think Joe's under contract to ROH. I think. Right, I mean, once again, now we are getting into semantics, hey, but, hey, but look, I, I, hey, I know, I know what you're saying, yeah. Hey,
1: but look, if you close your eyes, you forget Joe was there. Like, I don't, I don't know where he's been sometimes, but they don't even show. It don't, like, that's that's one of their signs. I think they dropped the ball on. Yeah, that should have been a huge signing. Um, that's not what talking about where, but like Joe, I don't know if it's injury, but he he hasn't been around nearly enough. You know, you got the ROH Tag Team Champions is uh FTR, um, the Pure Champion was Willie Uda and now Daniel Garcia. Uh, you know, like it's, it's, they, they've been featuring the AEW wrestlers in these slots. What'd you got to say? No, yeah, you're
0: right. You know, and, and Joe, Joe was doing a movie, so that's where he was. So shout out to him for that. But, um, I think all of that can be wrapped into the start stop pushes that we talk about to what you said earlier. You're like, Hey, somebody debuts. Look at Athena. She debuted. We we're like, Oh, game changer. And then mm-hmm. it kind of stopped. Uh, and the same thing happened with Joe. Like, Oh, Joe showed up. This is incredible. And then it stopped on TV. Um, but, yeah, but, but that, that, that is my, my issue. I just feel like, hey, if we had less wrestlers on TV, then we could actually get behind the people. And I'm not saying I want to see the same folks every week. I'm a big proponent of, nope, we don't need to see you wrestle every single week. It's okay to see you every other week on TV, every other week, every two weeks. But there's sometimes, like I said, you literally have to look around and you're like, is this, what happened to this person? And then they just kind of come out of nowhere again. Like they've been there the entire time.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest issue for me is not necessarily ROH in that instance. Right. I think for it's just, it's the lack of stories and in place of stories, we're getting ROH title matches that don't mean anything. Right. And I think overall, if you look on that show, they have so many championships And none of them mean anything besides the world championship and maybe now the tag team championship. Like, it's just too many. Like, why do we have two women's championships for a division to where they feature maybe two women's segments a show? Right? Right. If that, on on a rampage, but we have to have two women's championships, doesn't that muddy things a little bit? Okay, now we have a six man tag team championships to where, really, in some ways, you don't feature the entire tag team division in a lot of ways outside of the tag team champions. We have an all Atlantic championship. We had a big tournament, and then, then we barely see title fences for the for that said championship. We have the TNT. Like, why, if I'm a number one contender, right, when I used to do the rankings, and I think at one point Wartlow was the number one contender. Like, why would he go after the TNT title instead of the World Championship? If you're number one contender, why, why would you pick the All Atlantic over the TNT or TNT over the World? Like, what is the purpose of these championships? What do they mean? And so now you have so many titles that don't mean anything, and you're adding these ROH titles on top of them, and now you're having all these matches for these titles that just don't mean anything. I think it all goes back to stories. Right. Put these characters in meaningful s- stories and feuds and make that important. And that will make those titles important. So for me, I don't I think the ROH thing is just a, a, just one facet of it's just too much. Um, and, and, and not enough focus on one thing and going back to like the core. I feel like every show, when you go to watch a, sh- a movie, when you go to watch a TV show, you tune in and see the stars. Right. When I go to the movies, I want to see Batman. Right, I don't want to see a whole hour and a 30 minute show of Alfred right now. If Alfred gets over at some point to where now I want to see him as a star. OK, great. Right. But that's not in that's that's not despite Batman. I think every show you have their core people that they're constantly focusing. And of course, the role players, you rotate them in and out. That keeps them hot. And if, guess what? If one of those role players catch on fire, you move them out and some of the stars step down, that's just the natural selection of things. But I feel like that's one of the biggest thing about that show is that there's just not enough creative focus or anything in particular.
2: All right. So first off, thank you two for answering those, that question for me because I was kind of perplexed here. Uh, but, Matt, you brought up like the politician that you are, um, a very valid point, and now I'm questioning myself. You guys myself. are ridiculous. But my final thing for today, and then we can wrap. Yes or no? You can't add anything else. Just yes or no? If Vince was still here in control, would Bray Wyatt debut with WWE at this same time? Yes or no?
0: Hell no! <laughs> that is the right answer. <laughs> yep, shout to uh, shout to Vince leaving, so we could get that incredible <laughs> return of Bray Wyatt. No way in the world we would have got that same thing if Vince was still there.
1: Yeah. That's it. Hey, That's all w- I have. What, what, what kind of cookie you think uh, Vince is enjoying on his, on his off time
0: right now? You think hey, he we're not little, gonna do
2: that. A little bit. We're of, not doing that here. We're I don't think it's a cookie.
0: Here. I think it's some poutine pie. Oh. No. And on that note, give us a follow on Twitter if you have not, at That's FNW, YouTube, YouTube page, at That's freaking Wrestling. And, of course, for the podcast, leave us a review and a five-star rating and give us your thoughts on the topic from today. Once again, Rhodesia and Ishan, thank you so much for the show. Everyone else, we will talk to you next week.